Welcome to Big Men, Big Theology. I'm Trey. And I am Jordan. I'm also tired. <laughs> it's been it's been a long week, huh? It it's has. gonna actually it's gonna be a really long week this week. It's gonna be Why? Got a few things going on. Preach this Wednesday night and Tuesday night we're starting back our community group and then I'm writing Sunday school stuff. So so it's gonna be a uh, pretty long week of studying God's word, but mm-hmm. it's uh, gonna be a joyful week doing that as well. And so we all gonna do in your community group. Uh, we are, man, it's going to be fun. Uh, we're actually going to go through the Baptist Catechism. So we're going to do the first three questions this week. And then we're going to pray through Psalm 1. Um, so we're doing some. Uh, last year we went through a book, just Philippians, and that was awesome. We, we it, so if, if you don't know a lot about Philippians, Philippians, it's just a book full of encouragement. It's not a book full of like, uh, like Galatians or First Corinthians, where Paul's constantly confronting something, uh, it's really Paul encouraged by the Philippian church, and he's telling them to be watchful over evildoers and dogs that are coming to uh, devour them. And so, it's really an encouraging book altogether. So we did that last year. This year, uh, I want to help teach our group how to pray through the Psalms. So that's I'm really excited about that. And then. Um, and then really dive into catechism. So if you don't know what catechism is, it's basically it's helping you understand doctrinal truths that are more palatable. So you can it's really question and answers. So okay. um, that's that's really what we're going to do this year. And there'll be a lot of time of fellowship and prayer. But I'm pumped. But something else happened in the last couple of weeks since. So we've actually recorded. We've recorded probably <laughs> three or four times, but I've said something heretical, or Trey said something heretical. So I don't ever say anything heretical. <laughs> so we decided not to use those. It wasn't that we said things heretical. It's that those might come out as bonus episodes someday. Gosh, no, those those, those would be the bloopers of the of the reform <laughs> podcast world. What it what it was, it wasn't heretical. It was We're just, not there was, there, it, was. it was it was just there was much better ways to say the things we were trying to say. <laughs> That's right. And like, <laughs> I remember we uh, we we were talking about this one in particular thing, and after the episode, Jordan was like, "I don't think I said that well." And he called one of his pastor friends at, at another church in in Alabama, and he was like, "Hey, how would you have said this?" And he said it so eloquently and beautifully. Jordan was like, he hangs the phone up and is like, yeah, we're not putting this episode out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but something else happened in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we have Deacon Trey here. <laughs> so he got ordained as a deacon. What does it feel like? Is there a special aura about it? Is there like, like you, you seem a little bit more like yeah. glowing. There's a little bit more light around your head. Yeah, I, I was gonna. I was gonna say, I, and I, your I, beard. I grew a few inches, so, <laughs> I, so 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 that I can look down on people more. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's not about service here at Morning View. It's about uh, looking down on people, <laughs> which gets into our topic today. It kind of does, but just for the record, uh, our deacon body is wonderful. I went, I went to my first deacons meeting yesterday. I don't even want to talk about and, your first deacons meeting. I'm so mad at you. Right and the now. way, stop. We're not even talking about why. But the. Uh, the the way our deacons pour over uh, our people um, is is absolutely wonderful, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, so I'm I, I have a lot to learn um, 
about how uh, yes, you I do. can serve this. I, I sure do. I uh, got a lot more seminary to go, but I I got a lot to learn from from these other brothers. Yeah, you know. we have a great deacon body that seek to serve our church and love our church, and in a lot of ways shepherd our church. They shepherd our church in a lot of different areas in terms of care, in terms of just dying to themselves. So I'm really thankful for our deacon body. Yeah, um, but it does get us into our topic. We're today we're talking about humility and pride, but in particularly. Uh, how the, the Calvinist handles it. How does the Calvinist handle pride and humility? So let me ask you a question. When you first came into the doctrines of grace, Reformed theology, Calvinism in particular, um, how did you handle yourself when you got a hold of these doctrines? E- extremely poorly. <laughs> extremely poorly. Uh, we are all aware of the phrase cage stage Calvinist. Cage, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Shut up, Jordan. So what is the cage stage Calvinist? So I believe it was Spurgeon who said when somebody comes into these doctrines and uh, they need to be locked into a cage for a few years yeah. before being released to the public. Um, and I don't, that couldn't have been more true with me. Yeah. Uh, so when you're coming into these to you know Calvinistic doctrines, um, not not just you know not not reformed doctrines. You know you'll get. You, I feel like Calvinism is like the gateway drug into reformed theology. Right. But uh, the um, the fact is, is you're you're kind of getting deeper into Scripture. You're learning things that you know you don't see other people around you seeing in Scripture, and it kind of gives you. Un- unfortunately, because of our sinful hearts, uh, it gives us a sense of pride. It almost gives you, it can give you a, a form of elitism. Yeah. I, I kind of had that, that you have idea this new where like, knowledge. I have something that none of my friends have, and I am smarter than them, yeah. and they should listen to me, even yeah. though I really did not know that much about it right. when I first came into right. it. Um, quite honestly, I had some guy, <laughs> so, and it was, it was humbling. It was, yeah. and it, and it kind of hit me in the head. I was telling him about, you know, God and 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 just how he how he predestines people and right. stuff like that. And he's like, well, what like are like the doctrines of Calvinism? And like at that point, like I hadn't memorized tulip yet. Yeah. And I was like, well, uh, uh. And I mean, like you see, stubbed me on like an easy question. And it was it was really humbling. And I mean, like I remember I went back to my apartment and went and locked myself in my room and like and like memorized tulip. Yeah. And uh, but like like that was that, that was a little bit of of, of humbling for me. Um, I still had a long way to go with with cage, like being in a cage stage and realizing, you know, the the implications of Calvinistic right. teaching, which we'll, we'll we'll dive into later. But Jordan, how about you? Yeah, so um, I worked at Lifeway Christian Bookstores with uh, uh, really everyone that I now go to church with who is here. Um, but I was a Methodist. I was I was seventeen years old, eighteen years old, and I started brief. working at. Um, Lifeway, I'm now 31, about to turn 32. I'm an old man. Uh, but uh, so about 14 years ago, I was working with these these brothers and sisters in, in the faith, and I'm a Methodist, and they are shoving this stuff down my throat. And I, I, I remember leaving some days, just driving my car crying because I'm like, these people, I was thinking, I thought, I was thinking to myself, these people are so mean. But, but then, but then as I, I started studying God's word, I was like, but they're so right. <laughs> and so, and, and a lot of these 
uh, brothers and sisters probably back then were a little bit more forceful with their views and um, and they, they were not as loving as they could have been back then. But uh, over time, they became some of my dearest brothers and sisters because they, they in themselves were K-State's Calvinists then. Um, and then when I came into it, man, I became such – I was hardcore, man. We, we would go in, I mean, I would tell, I mean, and if you're listening, you went to church with me back then and you were Methodist and you know some of the churches I went to, let me just go ahead and say I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, I was just unkind to some, some of the pastors there, unkind to some of uh, the people that were in that church. I was upset because I'd never been taught these things by um, the church, so I left angrily uh upset in sin towards these people um it wasn't it wasn't kind how i left so um there's there still is tension sometimes when i run into some of these people but um over time we get over time like the lord has allowed us to work some of those relationships out one of my best friends um and i still talk to this day about uh, reform theology, Calvinist issues, church and at church as a whole, um, but yeah, and then I, I mean, I was, I went, I, I mean, there, I had a group of friends that were just sold out to this Calvinism, um, but they weren't sold out to love, and that's that's the difference, and that's something that I had to learn over the years is that no, the, the doctrines of grace are very loving and. They drive you. They shouldn't drive you to pride. They should drive you to humility. Let's let's, let's work our way into that then. Let's. Okay. So, what should uh, Calvinistic teaching? What should it do to the Christian? Yeah, when I they th- first come into these things. I, when it first, when you first come into these things, there is an element where you should be a person that would say, you know, before I before I speak, I want to know exactly what I believe. Um, instead of just speaking hard truths, um, so I think I think oftentimes we hear something and then we we don't regurgitate it, we just spit it back out. What it needs to do is we need to eat it. We need to we need to think about it. We need to it needs to really be ingested into our souls or our minds before we speak. And oftentimes that's not how it works. And and, and it really brought me to this verse. Um, it says in Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech is something God hates. And I think oftentimes when we speak too quickly about things we don't have a full knowledge of, but also uh, it hasn't affected us in, in driving us towards humility then we probably shouldn't speak right if it's if it's just driven us to be prideful or upset or angry then we should just we should just remain silent we should set a trap over our mouth um and i think the lord i think god is when you look at and we've talked about calvinism on the show before when you look at the doctrines of grace and you see your own sin and you see God's sovereignty in electing and saving a people to himself, 
um, that that in essence should drive you to your knees because you realize you really you can do to save well, yourself. You, there's nothing you can do to right. save yourself, but you realize how bad you are, mm-hmm. how sinful you are, how wicked you are. That every mind, every thought of your mind was evil right. continually. It was it was driven towards your own self exaltation. It was it was it was driven towards making you look like a better person. Right. Um, yeah. What do you <laughs> go go listen to sinners in the hands of an angry God, and then and then try to tell me like you can still uh, be as prideful as you are. Uh, yeah, I think it is it is foolish to act prideful, especially in the sense of knowing, you know, what the Bible says about who you are and who God is. Um, if there's anything in this world that should push us to humility, it should be the example of Christ, that he emptied himself and showed the ultimate act of humility to come to earth to die for his elect, for his bride. So in what place do you have to be prideful now? Right. Like you could not save yourself. You were hopeless and God has shown you so much mercy and so much grace. How then can you not show others that same mercy and grace? Um, of course, we can't get to that level that God has shown us. But we are to be like Christ. And we are to show people the same mercy and grace that he showed to sinners and drunkards and those who were sexually immoral. And so we, <laughs> to be prideful, I think is to even have some form of like double folly on it, even ha- like having the understanding that the Calvinist has. Yeah. Yeah. I think even as I first came in, like when I, when I came into these doctrines, I did not then go submit myself under older men. Yeah. Rather, I talked about it with younger guys. I didn't submit myself under the holy hand of God. Rather, I submitted myself to, uh, 19, 20 year old guy, guys who weren't wise and they were wise in their own ways. They weren't wise in the way of the yeah. Bible or wise in the way of uh, humility. Rather, they were very, there was a lot of arrogance. You were just trying to be somebody's mentor. Yeah. yeah. I was, I, well, I, 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 to me, I was like, man, I, I know all of this stuff. I can go tell everybody else this stuff instead of, man, I needed to sit under wise men for years before. I spoke about these things, right? And and that brought me to. I mean, honestly, I think about this verse. This the verse that I'm about to quote is in context of shepherds, but it's also in context of, um, really, other, um, all Christians should be doing this actively. And it says this: It says, "Humble yourselves." So pastors, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. And then he, then he says this, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And and this is something that I, I think we we don't do well in terms of humility, in terms of um, our lives. When we, when we have anxiousness about something, we say, I can figure it out. I have the knowledge. I can... I can get it done. Um, instead, the Bible says, cast all of your anxieties upon Christ, upon him. And I heard it said like this uh, by Alistair Begg. He says, 
this this isn't just like casting a lure a, a lure into the lake and hoping a fish comes on. No, this is like a a young boy, a young boy who just finished school, and he's coming home from school and it's he he now has a long weekend ahead of him, and he takes off his backpack and he chunks it across the room and he's like he's getting rid of it it's out of his mind he's chunking it across his room so we are casting everything we have onto the person of christ but what that means is that we first have to be humble saying we can't figure it out it's not it's not left up to us we have to cast it onto a great savior um who who will figure it out who who will help us through the storm who will uh guide us through the sufferings and so often we aren't like this and then and then he he continues and uh, and, and jump in uh once i read this but he he continues in first peter 5 he says be sober minded be watchful your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Right. I think... And who not better to devour than somebody who's super prideful? That's true. I mean, like, who who not better for, for Satan to come after than somebody who's already obsessed with themselves and obsessed with their knowledge? It, it's, it's amazing. The weakest people in this world, I, I believe this, are prideful people. Yeah. People oh, that don't see their sin. They're the weakest people in this world that are... are, are delusional to their own sin but see they see everybody else's sin and even even our pastor last night um he was talking about this in sort of a different context but it, it's like it's like a lifeguard who sees out in in a pool uh, all all the problems there he's looking across the pool except he's not looking down at his own feet he's not looking underneath him he's looking out and so that's like us. Running. Yeah, he's yeah. talking about different. He was t- he was using that as a different example. But for us, we need to be so aware of our own pride, our own sin, and we need to be casting it off of us. We need to be humble. Uh, we know that in James chapter four that God opposes the prideful but gives grace to the humble. Right. And also, like, <laughs> um, and that's not all. Like, like this isn't always the case when it comes to people. Coming into Calvinism, um, uh, like I would say, an example is my my sweet wife. Um, I she is yeah she is she is a she is your better half. She, she, yeah, my much better half. She uh, when she kind of started coming into these things, this was this was before I had met her. Um, she it was it was kind of an organic thing. Um, she was under a college she was reading scripture and seeing things that she had not been taught before and she was bringing these questions to her college pastor at the time and uh he was a calvinist um i wouldn't say he's fully reformed he just kind of held the calvinistic doctrine and he was he was he's an extremely humble man um he and his wife they are a sweet couple I, i love them to death um uh and they're they're actually missionaries in africa now but he was able to lovingly guide her into these things. And because of his example into these things, like Jessica would be the first person to tell you like, this is, that is what helped her not be super prideful when she came into them because her, her, like her example into these doctrines was this man and, and, and his wife who were 
so loving and kind to answer her questions and to love on her. Awesome. And so, I mean, it was that's such that was so encouraging for me to hear that. I was like, man, I wish I had I wish I had been like that. I, I right. probably could, I probably could have helped a lot more people understand right. instead of just instead of just seeking out a debate. Yeah. And it's like think to yourself, whoever's listening, you know, if if you're just now coming into you know, Calvinistic theology or you have questions about it now and you just kind of clicked on this episode because you saw the word Calvinism in the title. Um, like, how are you sharing this good news? Um, because Calvinism ultimately ties into the gospel. Um, so how are you sharing the gospel um, with with other people? Are you sharing it wanting a debate, wanting to wanting to fight, or are you sharing it because you see lost souls out there and you want to... You want to be a vessel that God uses to bring His elect to Himself. Yeah. Um, I was I had, a, I had a conversation with a guy at my at my part time job the other day, and he was having a few questions about Calvinism, and he's like, <coughs> he was like, it just doesn't, he's like, it just doesn't seem to make sense. Like, why are you doing, like, like why are you even doing work if God's already preordained everything? And then he went on to tell me a story about how he goes and does work at this homeless shelter, and he was able to lead one of these men to Jesus. And I said right there is why we do the work i was like god would have saved that man regardless of you being in his life but how much more encouraged are you now that he used you to bring that other man to himself not only did god save a man he also was able to make you another man more like christ in the process god's sovereignty is no is no excuse for for laziness and uh, I think uh, a lot of that helped him kind of understand and see some of those things. But. Yeah. So this is, yeah, and that gets me into somewhat of why I want to head towards what what coming into the doctrine of grace, Calvinism, does is it produces knowledge. Right. It gives us knowledge. Um, and and I want to read a verse. It's the very first verse to, tit- to Titus in Titus. Uh, Paul says this, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, so then it comma for the sake of the uh, the faith of God's elect. So mm-hmm. for the sake of the elect and their knowledge of truth. And this is and then and this is this is what's so beautiful. Our what our knowledge should produce now. Then says this the knowledge of the truth which accords with God godliness which is connected to godliness. So if we're growing in knowledge and we're growing in doctrine, which we should be, we should be sober-minded, we should be self-controlled, we should be men and women who seek the glory of a God above all else, and all of these things, when we, when we get knowledge, more and more knowledge should not puff up. Rather, it should drive us to our needs and it should accord to godliness. And then he goes on and he tells he tells Titus, and he tells, uh, tells really how they should do this. Um, he says, teach what accords with sound doctrine. So teach doctrine. Now, we should not just stop teaching doctrine. We should not just stop teaching the doctrines of grace. We should not just stop teaching uh, how people get saved. No, we need to teach those things. And he says, older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and steadfastness. So here's the thing. Youth, young people, 
I, I just if you're listening to this, I don't know how many young people are listening to this. You need to be under older individuals who will teach you in the ways of being sober-minded, dignified, and self-controlled because they are sound in faith, in love, and in, in knowledge. You need to be sitting up under them because the Bible is very, I mean, it's very clear that most, most not all, but most younger people are stupid. They're, they're arrogant in their own eyes. And they need to be silent. They need to be. They need to set set a trap over their mouths and learn, right. and seek wisdom from older individuals. And that, that's. I think that's. And if I could say anything about this episode, it's just in my mind. I, if I could go back and repent to each individual that I sinned against in terms of my newfound knowledge, and all the arrogant ways I presented the doctrines of grace, I would. Uh, I, I wish I could. But that number is incalculable. It's right? it's so it's so much. I was just thinking about it. I've 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 offended so many people. It's it's ridiculous. And and but praise be to God that He allows for repentance to happen. He allows for you to see the error of your ways. He allows for you to to speak to speak wisdom. Um, even in the midst of all of your sin, because right. left up to me, I would not be, I, I would be the most prideful person. Right. And, and same, same here. Uh, yeah. Sorry, we've been a little preachy in this episode. But I'm, I not mean, it's, sorry. It's, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I hope you got something out yeah, of it. And I, I would say as soon as, like, when you, sometimes I'll be at a coffee shop reading or something like that. And I'll hear other guys talking about God, and they're just spewing out bad doctrine. And, like, it's everything in me to want to just go over there and be like, okay, let's talk about this, because this is what, what I'm hearing isn't good. Um, when you have those moments, where you have those moments where you want to just burst out because you're hearing bad doctrine, like, remember remember your Savior. I would say remember Christ, the man who had, who was God incarnate, who was who Jesus was brilliantly minded on earth um, and look how he handled his situations. There were times where he, where he was uh, harsh. Isn't the word. Um, there were times where he was stern with people um, with, with heretics and with uh, the Pharisees and stuff like that. But he but, was so sweet and so humble exactly. and so tender and kind and compassionate to his own disciples. And, I mean, on the night that he was going to be betrayed, he took off his outer garment and sat down and washed his disciples' feet. Even the one who betrayed him. Yeah, he says so. this. He says this to his disciples. He says, when he washed their feet and put, out, put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. For you, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the, the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you, for I know whom I have chosen. You hear that? Yeah. 
I'm not speaking of all of you, for I know whom I have chosen. But then he said, but before that, he tells us to be humble. Yeah. He tell he he tells us to get on our knees and wash other people's feet. He tells us to to think of people like. And this is why I say, um, the way I think about these things is, you know, sometimes. I need to be in the mindset that I'll go without so that others may have, may have, I'm willing to go. I want to have this type of heart about me. I'm willing to go into the fire to rescue the one that's in the fire. That's what service is about. That's what dying to yourself is about. It's, it's not, it's not living in a world where you, you have the greatest amount of knowledge you reign superior with with how much you know. Rather, it's loving, it's, it's lovingly submitting to a God, to a God who has graciously graciously come to this earth earth and served you, and served you all the way to the cross. Um, amen. Yeah. yeah. Amen. So, with that. Um, yeah, if if you're listening to this and I've ever sinned against you, please forgive me. Uh, uh, I'm sure there's sorry. Several. Call me and I'll ask for forgiveness. I promise you. Yes. Um, and uh, but also send us an email at bmbt1689 at gmail dot com yeah. uh, with any of your questions, thoughts, concerns, discernments. Go like us on Facebook. Go like us on Facebook. Share our posts. Uh, uh, yeah, buy our merch. Yeah, we got plenty of merchandise out there. <laughs> we yeah. don't have merch, but we're going to get if, merch if for some reason. There's some of you out there who would love to have a big men big theology T-shirt. Email us and let us know. I'd like to have one. I I, I think I would too. Um, mainly because I like our new logo now. But thank you, Emily Float. Thank you, Emily. Oh yeah, Cody is not with us today, so Cody's out of town. What if he was? If he would just been yeah, that Cody, quiet. Cody's like, I'm not. I'm not probable. <laughs> Nah, Cody is a very humble dude, and I yeah. love Cody. Um, yeah, yeah, we they're appre- out of town today. We, we, miss, we miss you, Cody. Yeah, we appreciate you guys listening to us. Thanks for all the support. Have a good day. Yep.